now, Talk Zone presents Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. It's a passionate yet lighthearted look at the world of sports, featuring the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joel Radwanski. They'll recap the games from yesterday, look ahead to the matchups tonight, and cover a lot more in between. Now, Two Guys and a Mic on TalkZone.com. Welcome to the Two Guys at a Mic show here in a beautiful midweek Wednesday in the fine city of Chicago. The big dog and the coach coming at you right up until 11 o'clock talking sports and more. David Olson, producer extraordinaire on the other side of the glass. The phone lines open throughout the show at 888-463-6748. TalkZone.com, your 24-7 internet place to be with all kinds of shows, including this semi-dysfunctional sports show. A little bit of music, and now we'll get started in about 7.5 seconds. Thank you very much again, David Olson, producer extraordinaire on the other side of the glass, our general manager to the commander-in-chief, Chris Whitting, but more importantly, my co-host, a good man indeed, Hopefully he's calling from his uh, telecommunicated phone lines out in beautiful Aurora, Illinois. It's our football analyst and sports expert, Joel Radwanski. Big dog, how are you? Uh, I'm doing absolutely phenomenal, Coach. Uh, today I am at the Montgomery Ward building, the really? beautiful Montgomery Ward building, and I'm watching purse dogs walk by in purses with, uh, I don't know who's more made up, these women or the dogs. I'm not exactly sure. I think they need a little bit more confidence. I'm talking about the dogs, not the women. The women have too much. <laughs> the women have way too much confidence here. You know, like you know, I'm dating a beautiful woman with a tiny dog, and she doesn't have to get all primped up, and she doesn't mm-hmm. have to do that to herself either. Yeah, so, you got mad at me uh, last week when I, you know, you know, truth and advertising her. I have to express my opinions, even if I might insult or uh, you know discourage on occasion. But you got mad at me last week when I said I'm not a big fan. Of the tiny dog, the little dog. To me, if you're going to have a dog, get a real dog, something you can put your hands on. Yeah, I understand. I understand. Well, this was this was like a, one that was going to be put away, and she saved the dog. So, you know, okay. like some guy didn't could, was, didn't know what to do with it because he was moving into a building that didn't take dogs. So mm-hmm. she took it off the guy's hand. I, so, like, so, know, blah, I, like, blah, I like a dog with some meat on it, and apparently so do people in South Korea. Well, just to, oh, yeah, that's <laughs> the truth. You know, I, I was being serious. There's a... I've looked up this urban myth that uh, there was a space shuttle or some, some basically there was some American drone going over North Korea, and there was a major city in North Korea, and they found no domesticated animals walking through the streets whatsoever. None. Zero. I looked that up, and it was like supposedly it's the truth. That really is a true it isn't just like an urban myth, hey, there's a legend, all the yeah. animals are eaten in Korea, but yeah, it's actually true. I did see on another website of another kind, there was a guy named Mitch who was on a leash, but uh, that had nothing to do with uh, animals in South Korea. Well, that's that's good to know, Coach, but it yes. did have something to do with a, a Korean, though. But anyway, <laughs> Coach, I, I was just sitting, because oh. I'm out here, I'm on the river today, I'm not going out on the river, but because mm-hmm. I'm, I'm downtown, I figured I would do the show inside of my workplace, a lot less noise which I'm sure you, David Olson, and the listeners are happy with. But I was thinking, a week ago today, here's how quickly things can change. So everybody, if you're out there and you're high on the hog and you don't think things can change or if things are really, really down for you and you're like, it's never going to get any better, about eight days ago, if you were in New Orleans, unless if you were in Louisiana, 
LSU had the greatest football team known in man. Remember, Coach, I was honestly talking about you could compare this team to the greatest teams ever in college history, and you could up until the Alabama game. Yep. Okay. New Orleans, the, the Saints, were the hottest team in football, even hotter than the Packers, and Drew Brees is having the greatest season ever. Well, eight days later, LSU has lost that game in embarrassing fashion. By the way, Coach, Four different recruits have left LSU since then, and Gunnar Keel was the latest, uh, the top quarterback in this year's uh, uh, prospects, left LSU, left LSU. And right now, New Orleans has been knocked out by a team that punted about a million times before they decided to play offense in that game. And, uh, and uh, Drew Brees, your best player, is a free agent, and you're not even close to signing him. Wow. So think about it. eight days later. Think about the, the right now where New Orleans, you know what I'm saying? So if your life isn't bad, condition, just keep on plugging away because things can change in an instant. And if you have things going your way right now, you better take advantage of what you have while they're going because you never know how long it's going to last. My little goodness. philosophy on light via the sporting world. Nicely done. Very epithelial for my good partner, the big dog, Joel Redwanski. I would assume, big dog, there are some people in Wisconsin that happen to be Green Bay fans that are probably taking your message to heart as well as their uh, football world came sinking to a rather rapid close after an outstanding, one of the better regular seasons we've seen in recent memory. Yeah, honestly, there's at least, there's four teams left. And so if you're not including the Packers, there's 27 other teams right now that will switch places with the Packers, knowing that next year the Packers are the favorites to win the Super Bowl, as long as mm-hmm. this team doesn't uh, get blowed up, as they say. Mm-hmm. So, and I, yeah, I yeah, still, you know, you know me, I get bothered by the people, and I still go back to that Seattle Mariners season when they set the record for victories in Major League Baseball, unbelievable year, and then they lost in the playoffs. You know, there were a segment of people saying, oh, it's an unsuccessful season, the regular season doesn't mean anything, it's all about the postseason. Well, it's not all about the postseason. That, and again, this is my, my personal opinion. Yeah, uh, that is the ultimate goal. You want to win the tournament championship. You want to win the World Series, whatever sport it is. You want to win in the end. But that's not the only thing. It doesn't take away from a phenomenal regular season. Let us still give credit. The Green Bay Packers are the North Division champions. They beat 15 out of 16 other NFL football teams. Have one of the best regular seasons ever. So the one loss to me doesn't take away everything. A little bit, but not everything. I'm going to have to. I'm going to totally disagree with you. And I'm going to say it matters on the conditions of the team, what the regular season means for that particular team. Sometimes, like like right now, if you're a Denver Bronco and Tim Tebow fan, you can honestly look and say, hey, we told you we're better than or the kids better than anybody thought. We had a good year. And if you're a Green Bay Packer fan, you're banging your head against the wall right now, and it feels like a disappointing season. And I can totally, completely understand it. You, you'll never be able to take away 15-1 and from the Packers. But, you know, like the whole thing, I remember the Bulls saying when they won 72 games, they were like, I can't even um, – I remember Michael Jordan being like, I can't even imagine the taste in my mouth if we don't bring the title home this year after winning 72 games. Mm-hmm. He's like, I, he's like, it's, we have to win it this year. You know, so the, the Mariners winning 116 games. So if they would have won 105 that year and lost in the playoffs, we would have been like, wow, they had an amazing season. But they tied the record for the most wins ever and then they don't win the World Series. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a strange, it's like one of those backhanded, like, oh, that's too bad you took. Like right now, the Saints, oh, excuse me, the Saints, the Patriots in 2007, yeah, they were 18-1, and one, the one losses in the Super Bowl. It, it, it puts a horrible spin on the season. 
It's, that's what it is. If they had lost one game and then lost the Super Bowl, it wouldn't have been as bad. And you would have said, hey, they had a great year. Not kidding, Coach. Well, we, we, you we have to dis- look at it. We disagree a little bit philosophy-wise. And, you know, I, w- I would put not, maybe I would change the world. Not a horrible spin. It should be a disappointment, yes. But, but I still get bothered when you look at the season as unsuccessful. No, it wasn't unsuccessful. You didn't win the ultimate championship, but – you had a great season. You knocked off a lot of really good teams. You had one of the better regular seasons in history. I just don't think the one – it can happen. One bad game, and I hate to see one loss denigrate the great work that a team accomplished an entire season. I will totally disagree with you. I'm totally going to disagree. That there, It depends on the circumstances, and sometimes one loss can totally destroy a team season. This year, if the Cubs make the playoffs and get swept in the first round, in the wild card round of the or divisional, whatever the heck they call it, they had a successful season. If the Philadelphia Phillies go out and uh, win the National League East and don't make it to the World Series again this year, they had a horrible season. See, I would disagree with that. They have spent ridiculous amounts of money they are mm-hmm. set up to win the World Series. So I want to disagree with you, Coach. Okay. It, it, like the Phillies right now, going into the 2012, it's win the World Series or it's not a successful okay. season. I don't care if they win 117 games next year. Right, so we it disagree. Depends we on the disagree a little bit. And again, the term, you know, a horrible season or extremely disappointing season, I would say it was an ultimate disappointment, but still a successful season. A little difference in philosophy. You want to chime in on the big dog side or, God forbid, actually agree with me? Feel free to do so via the telecommunicative phone lines here. David Olson, our producer, ready to answer your calls. 888. 888- Four six three sixty seven forty eight triple eight four six three six seven four eight. Big dog, you and me have been agreeing too much of late, anyway. So it's good that we're on opposite end of the philosophical spectrum here. Now we we have, uh, and it, it bothers me when we start agreeing football yes. wise. There's Especially something wrong football. with Anything one of the else, two of us. Uh, when I, when you start agreeing with me with football, I really start worrying about my philosophical <laughs> approach to the game. <laughs> Thank you. I think. <laughs> As the old ultimate backhanded compliment. We'll uh, talk a little bit today. We got the two, uh, you know, championship games coming up on Sunday. I think interesting time. What are they? You got a two o'clock and a five thirty. Those are Central Time. Yeah, yeah. A... Remember, I said it last week that yeah, that wasn't until the championship game. They 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 do that, coach. Mm. They put the one game at two o'clock just in case the West Coast team plays first. Is mm-hmm. what I think they do that for, just okay. in case. Because right. well, I don't think they want the championship game starting at ten. A.M. in San Francisco, in case because who knows if they have two if it was two West Coast home games, mm-hmm. that's why they started at two o'clock. Okay, so. all right. Thanks for clearing that up. Two o'clock, Baltimore Ravens travel to New England, take on the Patriots. We saw Tom Brady in the offense at a ridiculous efficiency level against a good. Let us remind you, know, Tebow, 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 a very good Denver Bronco defense. Big dog. Uh, it's early. I don't want to get overly analytical, but the Raven defense. Can they put the, the reins a little bit to Brady and company, or do you think New England Patriot offense is that hot? No, no, I don't I don't think they'll put the reins to them a little bit. I think they're going to put the reins to them a lot. Bit. Wow. Wow. Yeah, it's, it's, coach, I, I keep on I'm harping and harping and harping. You know, I thought it was Ed Reed's hip, you know, and it is his ankle. He does have a hip issue. But the major injury is the, is the ankle. If it's Ed Reed can play on a bad ankle, no problem. Ed Reed is the best, like, postseason corner or corner defensive back in the history of the game right now. He's going to get a pick in this game. I love the Ravens in this game. Mm-hmm. The key to beating Tom Brady, you know, they always say it. They always have the new terms. Well, like, the last couple of years is you got to get him off his spot. Well, that's so true. 
Tom Brady just, you know how like Peyton Manning has the happy feet in the pocket, he keeps on chopping his feet, chopping, chopping, chopping as he looks downfield? Tom Brady, if you ever notice, he just stands there motionless as he looks across the field. It's actually a thing of beauty. The guy is so poised in the pocket. Well, the Ravens are the one team that hit him all the time, Coach. If you watch the Ravens games, they're always pounding him. The the Patriots haven't beat a team with a winning record this season still. They're in the AMC Championship game and have yet to beat a team with a winning record. I want to remind you, that's crazy. That and answers. Every time they play the Ravens, the Ravens punch them right in the mouth and win. I was about to ask you if the Ravens and the Patriots have played this year, but I think you oh, just yeah, answered. Yeah, they did. The, the last Patriot loss when they got beat down, that was by the Ravens. Ah. And Terrell Suggs destroyed Tom Brady that Interesting. day. Tom right. Brady was running. He was running. Coach, it was beautiful. <laughs> uh, everybody is on the Patriots because, oh, they got the passing game and it's cute and all that stuff. Uh-huh. Tom Brady can beat anybody. I am not a fool. And the Patriots can adjust. I love Bill Belichick. I, that, that guy to me is like on the Mount Olympus of coaches. I love that man. I don't think he their offensive line is good enough to handle the, the, the Ravens up front, coach. It's just not good enough. Interesting. Uh, now, David, we talked about point spreads. Where, where did that thing open up, and what is it now? Are you aware Big Dog David's checking hmm? the uh... – Well, it opened at 7.5. I do not know if it's moved at all, and I Boy. thought that was crazy. Yeah, I was going to say, based on what you're saying, you got me convinced a little bit. 7.5, a little bit rich, especially the fact that the Ravens uh, knocked off the Patriots earlier this year. I'm assuming that game was in Baltimore. I think – I know. I think it was in Baltimore. I'm pretty okay. sure it was in Baltimore. And, and I know the last time they played in the playoffs two years ago, but that was before Gronkowski got there. Welker was out. I mean, the, the Ravens just killed them in the playoffs two years ago. It was like 33 to 13 or 33 14, something right, like that. David, I got a feeling D. Olson is going to tell us the line has come down just a bit. No, it's still seven and a half. Still. Okay. That's now, fine. now I believe the San Francisco line has come down. That's a do what? What was it at yesterday? Gi- two and a half. Two and a okay, half. no, okay, that yeah, there's it's still the same then. Wait, right. who was favored? Though? I forgot the Giants, right? No, 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 San Francisco. Frisco. and they're still favored. Yeah, and that's, that's that's a perfect point spread. If they can win by a field goal, you'll win the spread. And that game might that game could be nineteen sixteen in a heartbeat. Uh, that's that's going to be one heck of a football game. Well, we gave out the warning last week, Big Dog. We give it out again. The half point if it's six. That seven and a half, the two and a half, that half point, it made a difference last week. And uh, keep an eye out. That could be a, a critical half a point come this Sunday also. Yeah, it, it might be. But mm-hmm. we know that going in these championship games. There's only two games to pick from. So everybody on the planet that is a football fan is watching these games. It's hard to get a bargain in playoff football. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? These These lines are normally set exactly where they're supposed to be. Uh, Denver was the biggest underdog in since 19, the 1998 playoffs when the Cardinals went to Minnesota, Coach. Well, it looks like the Vegas got that exactly right because that was one of the biggest blowouts we've seen in the playoffs in <laughs> you know, 13 years. So, uh-huh. you know, And, and just, just like you said, that hook got us last week. All, all I know is the Texans, that, that hook would not have mattered if uh, the Ravens could have got the ball in uh, on the one-yard line in, late in the game. So. Spoken like a true better. Spoken like a true better. New York Giants, 5.30 tip-off. They will be at the San Francisco 49ers. Eli Manning proven in the clutch. Uh, He's got a championship under his belt. Alex Smith, a lot of people thought he came of age last week, big dog. And, again, it's early. We don't want to overanalyze, but your early indication, the kid Alex Smith is going to have to produce again if the 49ers are going to win. Was that a shot in the dark, a one-time 
you know, one-time date with a celebrity, or do you think Alex Smith is ready to start stepping up and uh, walking with some of the elite? I absolutely believe he's ready to do a coach. You know, just because he's done what's been asked of him, of his offense coordinator, which is basically, hey, don't lose the game. Okay, you don't have to make many plays. Doesn't mean he's a bad quarterback. He's had seven offensive coordinators in eight years, coach. I think it's time to get off Alex Smith's back. Does he play for the Bears? Again, isn't that crazy? Eight, seven in eight years. Mike Mark's included in that. And with Trump, Jay, they were all of a sudden, Jay Cutler saying, you know, Jay Cutler, hey, I don't, I don't feel so bad all of a sudden. Yeah, so, yeah, so this guy is, you know, and all of a sudden he's had a, like a breakout season. Well, guess what? He's almost, all of a sudden the 49ers have a, a great run defense. The great defense in general, and all of a sudden you don't have to score 30 points a game anymore. Like the 49ers defense for the last couple of years has been the abysmal coach. And they have a couple of players on the outside making some plays, and Vernon Davis is playing. But I, I really, it's, 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 it's just, let's give it to Jim Harbaugh, and let's give it to Alex Smith. You know, everybody's made a big deal. Oh, Tim Tebow trying to prove his critics wrong. Well, maybe that's what's driving Alex Smith. Mm-hmm. You know, he's playing with, uh, if you see, he's leading coach. He isn't just out there managing the team. He's out there being a leader and in control of the offense. I'm feeling uh, you, you're getting a little bit swept up in the Alex Smith. Uh, I'm not talking like Drew Brees style leading the team and yeah. marching them down the field. I'm not talking that. I'm just talking about a guy that's in control of the offense, yeah. making the right decisions. Yeah, you know, I, and you I'm can s- tell he's the leader of the, of the 11 guys out there. And, and when you responded, you know, uh, to my question, is he ready to move up and walk a little bit with the elite? You said absolutely, no. I believe so. And there, I'm going to disagree with you again. I think there is no, a I, chance I, I of. Meant like he could play an elite level of quarterback, like in championship. I don't think it's too big for him. But no, no, he's not. You got to do. I mean, you got to do it for a couple of years. If we're talking the elite, right. the the Mannings, the both the Mannings, the Breeze, Brady, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that's. I, I understand you weren't putting him at that level, but still to believe that he can perform at that level, uh, you, you know, I think there's that possibility. And again, you know, against uh, 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 in their victory last week, he had to have a couple of great drives down the stretch, and he did it. The question is, can he do that again? Because in a matchup that even against Eli Manning uh, and a pretty good giant defense, he's going to have to come up. Maybe it's not right at the end of the game, but he's going to have to come up with a couple of great drives. He's going to have to play big at times, and I'm not still absolutely, that was the word you absolutely yeah. sure he can do that. I think the jury is still out, and there's part of me wants to say, you know what, he had his moment of glory and, and took that shot last weekend, and I don't know if he can reach that far again. If I'm betting right now, I still think the New York Giants, I think I'd take with a couple of points. Okay. Well, well here's what I'm thinking, that – Jim Harbaugh knows what he has in Alex Smith, and I will agree with this. I will agree that the, the Giants have a better defense than the Saints, and they have a much better they might have a much better defensive line than the Saints have, so they will be in Alex Smith's grill all day long. I just think that Harbaugh will put Smith, Alex Smith in the right position mm-hmm. to win this football game. One thing he's done a nice job of, he has, uh, even if he hasn't been spectacular, use the word managed, he has avoided interceptions this year. They have the least amount of turnovers in yep. the game of football. That's what everybody's missing. Everybody's like, oh, the 49ers don't do this. The 49ers don't do that. Yeah, well, one thing that they don't do is beat themselves. And let's face it, what are the, the Giants are prone to just having a game where they just lay an egg. And they, if, if there's any, the only, the, the Giants, I don't think can blow out the 49ers. I really don't think so, even though they have a little bit more talent on the outside than the 49ers do. 
But the 49ers could blow out the Giants because the Giants can go out there, Coach, and shoot themselves in the foot with mm-hmm. all six bullets. You know that could happen. That could happen. Yeah, and actually, you're like, how could a Coughlin team do this to themselves? That that part of the analysis, I would agree with that thing. I, I can't see the 49ers getting blown away at home, not with their defense, but you're right. The Giants capable of laying an egg. By the way, who uh, who delivered the fountain of youth? I don't know if it's you know drug-related or what, but all of a sudden, the two New York Giant running backs, Brandon Jacobs and Ahmad Bradshaw, who for a period of time looked like a old man winter had set in on both of them. They were ready for the doctor's office, but all of a sudden, last three, four games, those two guys are running like the Ahmad and the uh, Brandon Jacobs of old, Big Doe. They've been very good. Yeah, yeah, they've been uh, they've been awesome. Like change of pace, giving Manning a you know a little, a little bit of a threat in the backfield when it's third and two. Brandon Jacobs, how about the, the last two playoff games? Brandon Jacobs on third and fourth and short has been awesome. He's like you're exactly right, the old Brandon Jacobs from four, five, six years ago. So mm-hmm. they were the they had the worst rushing offense in all of football. Okay, all season long, the first two games of the playoffs, they looked. Really good against bad rushing defenses, Coach. What's going to happen when they play the best rush defense in the game of football? A team that did not give up a rushing touchdown this year until the, the second half against in the last game of the season against Marshawn Lynch. And if you remember that run, it was one of the great runs of the season. He ran over like, it took him like eight people to get through into the end zone. The Giants are in trouble for that fact, too. They've been able to run the ball in their first two playoff games because they played bad run defenses. Now the Falcons and the Packers, they're not the 49ers. And what's going to happen, though, Eli is really going to have to put the game on his shoulders and win. Alex Smith won't have to, Coach. So Alex Smith will just have to make a couple plays here and there while Eli's going to have to put the game on his shoulders and carry him. And, and if the 49ers can't stop the Giants' run, if, the Gi- if they're the first team all year that they don't shut the run down on, then the Giants will win again. Football analyst, Big Dog, Joel Radwanski, breaking it down for us on a midweek Wednesday here on the Two Guys in a Mic Show, checking in from the uh, uh, indoor and hopefully very warm headquarters of the Montgomery Ward Building. David Olson, you're our technical director, but he sounds good. The sound from the Montgomery Ward Building. I don't know if you have a sound man with you, Big Dog, but uh, your voice is coming over loud and clear. Very impressive. Yeah, I just, I'm just sitting here uh, enjoying the view of all the purse dogs going by. Mm-hmm. What's, uh, I'm not familiar with the Montgomery Ward building. What, what, what's happening inside there? Okay, uh, just to let you know this. At, when it was completed uh, in the in the late 1800s, yep. it was the largest building in the world at the time. That didn't last very long, though. <laughs> uh, right now, the Montgomery Ward building is on the corner of Chicago Avenue and the river. Ah. So Larrabee and Chicago Avenue. Okay. It's 10 stories tall, and it's about... I would say half a mile long. Okay. Is there actually a Montgomery Ward store in the building? Coach, legitimately, <laughs> would, are, have you? Okay, you, you, do, you know what Montgomery Ward is known for and why this huge building is here, right? They were a mail-order catalog, ah. and, this was, and this was their warehouse. Okay. So, so what, is the, all, what is the building being used for now? We might have some tourists that are heading uh, to the city of Chicago. The bottom, the bottom level is used for our kayak company, gyms, spas where women can go in there. They spend $500 for a facial, like that type of stuff. Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> I'm telling you, the purse dogs down here are unbelievable. And then they have million-dollar condos above us. These condos are freaking phenomenal. Nice. And also, so at one point, this was the greatest um, retail hub in America. 
Montgomery Ward was making a million dollars a month out of this building in the 1880s, which is just ridiculous, Coach, with the mail-order catalog. Well, and that now, was uh, mail-order catalog without the benefit of the Internet, by the way. Yes, exactly. So Thank people you. would mail in their money, send it in here, and they would use Chicago's vast railroad system, which was brought here by William L. Ogden, and and uh, transport stuff all over the country. So it was really, it was, it's fun. this building has a lot of history to it. Mm. So it's like, it was cutting edge in retail in the 1880s for the next, you know, 60 years. And now it's cutting edge in retail because this is where Groupon's headquarters is. And they're moving. Groupon is moving. Oh, but so, this is Groupon's okay. headquarters right in this building. That's where Groupon is. David Olson, you had some historical knowledge of the Montgomery Ward building. Oh, no, no, no. I was just oh. going to say, and also uh, Japanese is in there, which has like, oh. been one of the hottest restaurants in the city for about yeah. five years. Oh, yeah, of course, he, coach has never been there. i got to tell you something. That's one of those I restaurants thought, that charge you like 60 bucks, and you get a little uh, a little piece of this and a little piece of that. Yeah, it is, but you got to know yeah. the right people when you yeah. go over there, Coach. Japanese. Oh, we uh, should you know, talk, because exactly who, right. who do you know over there? The best man at my wedding was a general manager there for about four years. Is he still there? No, no, he left. Okay, because there's there's some guy that's running the place, and I basically I said, hey, come on down and do a tour. He did a tour, and now like every time I go over there, Steve's like, hey, come on in, and like I like I'll have like a martini or something over there at Japanese. Mm-hmm. They they treat me really really well over there. But coach, you're exactly right. You're gonna have to drop two hundred bucks if you want a full belly <laughs> in order to leave it. But the stuff is delicious. Mm-hmm. I went by there the other day. I was walking by, and. Uh, Joe Kim Noah is sitting in Japanese, almost passed out <laughs> on this. You know what the funny thing is? Okay, now, David has just explained to you, am I wrong, $200 meals, David? They're $200 meals. Yeah, okay? yeah, they're $200 meals. Now, they have a beautiful indoor restaurant, but it's also right on the river in the Montgomery Ward building, so there's a lounge outside on the river, Coach. Mm-hmm. I will take my bike and ride through the restaurant. On my bike, I just because it's along the walkway, and I will people will be eating dinner, and I will be riding a bike through their restaurant. Once again, and for I, those I, keeping I, score at home, you're not riding through the indoor restaurant; you're riding through the outdoor part. Outdoor part. Of okay, it. just yeah. checking. So, and like people are like, hey! so like they don't even like the, the waiters don't even care anymore. They just kind of like laugh. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm like, hey, it's, it's, it's the walkway. There's no, there's nothing Japanese can do about it. You know what I mean? It's they, well, one day when I was doing it. I saw Joe Kim Noah. They have like a couch out there, and this is where people can walk right from the Chicago Avenue stairs. Yeah. He is like passed out with his arms spread out, like wasted, wasted. And I'm like, "Are you kidding me?" So like, you know, like I called one of my buddies, and he was here. He followed me up to like, "Dude, that, you like that Joe Kim Noah?" Like a week later, I'm telling somebody, like, "I saw Joe Kim Noah passed out at Japanese." They're like, "Yeah, right, whatever." We ride through. He's sitting at the same spot. Drinking, so he's not passed out yet. I'm like, watch. If we just stay here for another half hour, he'll be passed out on the ground. You should have woken uh, him up. Think... You should have. You should have given him a Tom Tebow tap him on the shoulder. Come on, man! Help side defense. Help side defense. Post it up, Joe. Post it up. See if you can give him a quick shock a little bit. But uh, so all by himself, no company. No, 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 no. People were with him. People oh. were with him sometimes. There were people in the group. You know what I'm saying? There was always. He wasn't by himself. Okay. There were hangers on. There was there was leeches so everywhere. So he's he's got his arms spread out on the outdoor layaway couch at the fancy restaurant, and he's pretty much sleeping while his people are probably spending his money. I would imagine. You know those like those bamboo wicker chairs. <laughs> yes. He was like one of those type couches. 
Okay. <laughs> Let's just say he looks like he was feeling it is the best way I can say. Uh-huh. Now, I know somebody that also knows him and says he spent the whole summer in, in Los Angeles, and when he wasn't here getting wasted at Japanese, he was just sitting on the beach in Los Angeles doing nothing besides, um, let, let's just say, polluting his lungs. So if Joe Kim Noah looks slow early on in the season, he's one of the bulls that didn't work hard in the off season. Okay. Period. All right, might take a little bit of time rounding into shape. Uh, one of our emailers wants to know any chance Brian Scalabrini was with him at Japan? Uh, yeah, yeah, as a matter of fact, and they didn't put him in until somebody couldn't finish the dessert and then finish the dessert <laughs> for him, and then he left and went home. And everybody was like, "You're doing great job, Scal." Just, just you know, came I was in. watching last night. And I, I do think that African-Americans have a problem with Scalabrini because last night <laughs> they were showing the crowd at the United Center. People were going off. Could put Scalabrini. They're all chanting Scalabrini. And they would show the crowd. And I, I'm really proud of the fact that at the United Center, unlike most arenas in sports, there's actually a large contingent of African-Americans. Mm-hmm. People like actually go to the games as opposed to, like, you go to a Charlotte Bobcat game, they show the crowd, and you're like, is there, is there one African-American that even lives in Charlotte? You know what I'm saying? It's kind of strange. Mm-hmm. But it's all the white people are up screaming, Scal, and like the black people are looking at themselves like, I think seriously, they really want to see the white mamba? It was hilarious, Coach. I, I really wish you could have like, paused and saw the faces in the crowd because all the black people are looking at us laughing like, these crazy white people are chanting for the bum. <laughs> Let me ask you, <laughs> has any NBA team ever had two whiter guys at the same time than Brian Scalabrini and Omar Ashik? Oh, there had to be, Coach. Don't forget the NBA has been around since 1947. I don't know. I don't know. Those two got the pale hose in the post. L- Larry Bird and Kevin McHale for the win, please. Yeah, that's good. They were pretty pasty, Coach. That's pretty good. McHale, I don't know. Larry Bird would fall in that category. Well, McHale Larry had a Bird little. Larry Bird falls in it in every single category of, of pasty white. Mm-hmm. Larry Bird falls into. Yes. There's nothing wrong with that. No. I love Larry Bird. Larry Bird's a good guy. That's, yeah. that's like one of those guys that you can depend on. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like if your truck broke down and you were a guy that knew Larry Bird before he was famous, Larry Bird would still come and get you and help you up, help you out. He's like one of those guys. So. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Big dog and a coach, 888-463-6748. Checking in live from the Montgomery Ward building. Big dog, real quick before we leave the uh, – Football connection, a couple of little news and notes to bring up. And, again, we'll have a football Friday this Friday and uh, start breaking down with a little more in-depth two championship games coming up this weekend. But, uh, uh, first of all, Indianapolis, the Colts, you know, they fired their administrative staff and their general manager. The the Polian connection yesterday, they fired their coach, Jim Caldwell. He is out as the head coach of the Indianapolis Colts. So uh, another job open in the NFL. Yeah, why are people going crazy over Caldwell getting fired? Why, like, people are like, I don't understand it. They brought in a new GM, people. What do you think? This new GM is not going to a clean house. And Jim Caldwell is a good guy. He coached extremely well for the Colts, but he also had a 13-game losing streak last season. Okay, so these people that are up in arms, have you noticed the last, like, this is one of the craziest reason for people to be upset. I don't understand why people are upset Jim Caldwell got fired. Three years after uh, Tony Dungy, right? He had a pretty good first year. Actually, they went to the championship game or or one step away from the Super Bowl, I think, in his first Well, yeah, they they did a lot because in 06, they went... When did Dungy leave? Did he leave right after the Super Bowl? I think it's only been... I think Caldwell's been the head coach for three years, right? Well, if he's he's only been there for three... It's it's more than three years because it's only been three years it would be went to the Super Bowl and lost, went to the uh, 
the playoffs and lost, and then all of a sudden the third year right. didn't have Peyton Manning. So right. it's got to be. I don't think they went to the Super Bowl in the first year without Caldwell. All right, so, David Olson checking it out. They yeah, were, he was named head coach in 2009, and they went to the AFC Championship in 2010. That's what I thought. And okay. that's and then last year they were 10 and six, so he had reasonable success. But again, with Peyton Manning and things fell apart this year, and maybe like you said, Big mm-hmm. Dog, with a new GM, time to start over. But I would imagine uh, there's plenty, plenty of NFL teams that'll be ready to snarf up Jim Caldwell and be happy to had uh, add him to the staff. Maybe the Chicago Bears, one of them. I'd uh, be more than happy to add him to the staff. I'm just worried that, you know, I couldn't believe I was happy with Mike Tyson as the offensive coordinator, but what I looked was it'd be a lot easier for the Bears to be able to transition from Marks to Tice, considering Tice was already there. He can make the playbooks and everything a lot easier for everybody to understand, and so it's not that bad of a transition. Well, now uh, the Raiders are looking at Mike Tyson as a possible head coach for their team. And now I'm, I couldn't believe all of a sudden, I really appreciate Mike Tice, coach. Isn't that strange? You know, I was like, okay, let's just make Mike Tice a coordinator so it's easy for everybody. Now I'm really scared. Isn't it? Isn't it funny how things change about your opinion on somebody when some? It's like, oh, you you kind of like a girl, and all of a sudden, you know, she kind of yeah. likes you, and then all of a sudden, she's not interested anymore. Then you really like her. Mm-hmm. That's kind of like it's happening with Mike Tice with me right now. Yeah, now yeah. I'm desperate. Mike Tice, please don't go. You always do want more. Want, what you can't have. I wouldn't panic too much because Michael Tice is going to apparently get an interview with the Oakland Raiders, but the new Oakland Raider general manager, I think his name is Reggie McKenzie. The guy's interviewing like 25 people. Oh, so okay. it's not like he's on the short list. Reggie McKenzie's interviewing everybody, I think. On Friday, he's bringing in John Huntsman, the Republican candidate who dropped out of the race. He's interviewing uh-huh. Huntsman, too. So he's got everybody coming in. I believe Robert Downey Jr. scheduled for next Monday. you got to look at all your options, Big Dumb. I gotta tell you something. Robert Downey Jr. can do anything, coach. He could do it without question. Supposedly he had he had a bigger cocaine addiction than Elton John. He was able to quit that. Mm-hmm. So if you could do that, coach, hey, who knows what you can do? You bring Al Pacino in to run special teams. Uh, Downey Jr. could run the defense. Bring a guy like Jim Caldwell to run the offense. Absolutely. No, you, you're 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 joking about. Uh, you're joking about Al Pacino, but you've, you've never seen any given Sunday. Do you remember Pacino's speech <laughs> before the playoff game? You're going to fight for that inch every single Oh, my goodness, Coach. That was phenomenal. And don't forget, Robert Downey Jr. had one of the greatest football lines ever, and I've used it on this show and on the morning break for, for 10 years I've used it, Coach. And it's quite simple. You're, he quite simply says about football, you're nothing but a bunch of mongrels fighting for ground. It's a game of ground acquisition. <laughs> he called it ground acquisition. Robert Downey Jr. could coach, Coach. Uh, I think we just put together a quality Hollywood staff. That ain't bad. Not bad. That ain't so bad Pacino's at all. Pacino's got to be the head coach. Pacino, Pacino unless, unless Pacino is like the old, wise special team coach that doesn't say anything all year, and then right when it's the big game, he comes yeah. out and he gets you that, that block kick. Nah, exactly. got to be the head coach. Maybe in his younger years. I think the reason I picked Pacino for special teams right now is the special teams coach typically has a couple of screws loose, a little bit of a wacko, unpredictable yeah. of sort. I think Al Pacino, the later years, better as a special teams coach, kind of a sideline, a motivator if you need him. Not sure he's ready to step in and become my head coach. So I like so uh Robert Downey Jr. plays like the Sean Payton young guy cutting edge offensive yep. coordinator. There you type. go. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. So who's who's playing our defensive coordinator? And the head was I don't think Dooney, Robert Downey Jr. can't be the head coach. Coach, 
Is he like the John Lucas of head coaches? <laughs> he can't have a substance abuse. Well, Ron Washington substance abuse. He won a World Series title. Oh, goodness. Okay. How about uh, could we bring in a Denzel Washington to run the defense? Yeah, I can, yeah, yeah. Because if you remember Denzel and remember the Titans, yep. He when he was talking to the strong side end and the weak side end when they were that scene right now gets me fired up. I wanted to go through a freaking wall. And by the way, whatever defense that they were running in, remember the Titans, the terminology was exactly like my high school defense coach. So when I was watching that movie, I was almost in tears when Denzel was like coaching these kids up. I'm not mm-hmm. kidding you. I was like ready to like run through the, the crowd and actually just hit somebody in their chair the, that day when I was watching Remember Titans. The remember young man that. in the movie theater that was unfortunate enough to have the seat right in front of the big dog didn't particularly appreciate the forearm shiver that you gave him three quarters of the way through, but... I think, if I remember correctly, once you explained him, you used to play football, you got a little carried away, you bought him well, some popcorn, he was okay. Well, they said when he was 14, he'd eventually get out of those braces. So, <laughs> hopefully he'll walk straight. And we're not talking teeth braces, we're talking no, braces no. on his upper body. So, speaking of that, I just want to let you know that recently, about two weeks ago in the city of New York, Coach, there was a guy, uh, his name was, I believe it was Melvin Young, I believe his name was, but he walked into a... What, what was like the old kids movie that uh, like ten years ago that was re-released like like a month ago, and they had in the theaters and everybody like so the place was packed. A the children's movie, walked, like a children's cartoon movie. Okay, it was re-released and the guy was it was about a month ago. Mm-hmm. This guy walked into the movie theater butt naked and stood yes. in front of the crowd. Yes, <laughs> I read that. Oh my goodness. Yep. <laughs> oh my goodness! Like one of the one of the most horrifying stories I have ever. All the Parents are there with their kids, and some dude of the exhibitionist variety uh, basically, yeah, basically stood up and he was sitting in the first row to begin with, right? Yes, and making like lewd comments. Oh, I didn't know that part. I, yeah, I thought saying, he just like weird stuff. And then, like when people were coming to get him, he just stood up and like stood and faced everybody. Oh, that that that, that must have been ugly. <laughs> and he was like fifty-seven. Really, oh, who wants to see a fifty-seven-year-old man naked? That's disgusting. <laughs> I really feel sorry for my girlfriend in like in like thirty years. I, I'm not going to be one to look at. It's not a not a pretty sight. Not a pretty no. sight indeed. By the way, uh, speaking of, you mentioned the the uh, freight train delivery. This brought it to mind, and now we bring up Denzel Washington. I caught the second half of a movie my wife was watching yesterday. David Olson, pretty damn good movie, and one that I would have loved to see in the theater instead of on TV. But Runaway Train? No, it's called Unstoppable. Okay. That's the name of the movie. It's unstoppable. Yeah, it was pretty cool. It was, yeah, it was Is surprising. That with no, no, no. Uh, Chris Pine. Okay. Chris Pine, the new Captain Kirk. Mm-hmm. There's a there's a new uh, Star Trek out. Came out uh, three years ago now. They're working on the sequel. Yeah. Yeah. There was it was oh, it was, it was it, Star Trek. It, yeah, 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 the reboot. Yeah. Okay, I didn't. I I have to. I haven't seen that. I didn't. I really wasn't going to movies at that point in my life. I need it's, to. It's worth checking out. It was really well done. Okay, I am, I am a little bit of a trekkie. Just don't tell anybody that I like that stuff. It's freaking embarrassing. It's even <laughs> worse that I've been singing Justin Bieber songs at the top of my lungs lately. You know, so bad. I can honestly say that I don't think I've ever seen a Star Trek from you know like what was that a half an hour show. No, it was hour. an hour show hour. in the 60s. I don't think I've ever watched one from start to finish. It's, it's amazing, Coach. In the 1960s, they were doing stuff that was supposed to be around in the 23rd century, mm-hmm. and 10 years later, they were doing it. it like, I have never watched a, 
original Star Trek from start to finish, but whenever I like catch a little bit of it, I just laugh because they're like, "Yes, we have." That stuff that they have right now, I'm holding in my hand right now. Well, and that's so, that, that's the whole thing. It's because the, the people that designed those things were Star Trek fans growing up, and they had the brain power to make that stuff into into reality. Because uh, you well, know, speaking of Star Trek, right now there's like a, there, a company has like a ten million dollar, I don't know if you'd call it a contest to create a medical tricorder. Which is a wow. device from Star Trek, where it's like you know, just like a, it's like a scanner to scan you, you know, like a, a handheld MRI machine, basically. And hey. there, there's a company that says, yeah, you can if you can develop one, ten million dollars is yours. Actually, to be honest with you, that would be worth a billion dollars. Forget ten million dollars. That's nothing. You because know, if you say, oh, you have a broken arm, oh, you know what, you might have cancer, onset of cancer coming. You know, and I, I can honestly tell because. If it is by just cellular detection, it can't be as difficult as we think it is. Now, the whole coach, they have something called warp drive in this and basically the ability to travel throughout the galaxy beyond light speed. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's capable. I've watched a lot of shows on it. I, I, don't, I don't know if that's ever possible. But the scanning technology, I thoroughly believe in. Now, David, they also have the stuff where, what do they call it when they, uh, when they beam somebody? What's the actual term that they use? Uh, the teleporter. They actually, I've heard that they actually have tried that. They're trying that to break down molecules and stuff and reassemble them. As what happens more often than not, Big Dog and the coach getting off the sporting topic here on the Two Guys in a Mic show, 888-463-6748. Phone lines are open. You want to email us, Mike2Guys, M-I-C, and the number two, Mike2Guys at AOL.com. Big Dog, I meant to copy this and bring it for a show topic, but... I was reading, and I forget what publication, but they had kind of a contest for their readers and or their listeners. I'm forgetting where it came from, but uh, 100 years from now, what will be some of the scientific inventions? What will be some of the more, you know, predict ahead 100 years, what will be some of the more amazing things that we'll see? And they listed the top 20. It was pretty freaky, and I do remember one of them predicting and I. It's freaky because I can see it being true is that medicine will get to the point, and I believe they use the words where man will be able to defeat death. And, and that's, and then, that's and then pretty weird. Is, and then, then what will happen is some crazy virus will spring up and wipe out 90% of the planet if that happens. Mm-hmm. I promise you, if anytime man thinks they will beat nature... Before you know it, a click of a of a, you snap your fingers, ninety uh, percent of the planet will be wiped out due to but some I, form I, of. Uh, I, of I do think or... medicine is heading that way. You mentioned beating nature. One of the other predictions is that uh, in a hundred again, this is a hundred years that uh, to a significant degree, man will be able to control weather. And it sounds like you would disagree with that. <laughs> we can do that now. That I totally agree with. Coach, there's no question. That if we can, the United States of America right now, if they wanted to, could create a hurricane somewhere in the world, at least along the equator, along mm-hmm. the planet. All right. And, and it, you know, it's kind of strange that there was a, there was, like, I forget exactly how many, but there was, like, eight consecutive, uh, uh, what do you call it, space shuttle missions where there were earthquakes on the planet. Mm-hmm. And they got like higher, like that's like one of those. If you're a whacked out 
whack job conspiracy theorists that the United <laughs> States was controlling. But I'm being serious with you, Coach. I read a lot of this stuff. One of them is one of those whacked out conspiracy theories is that the space shuttle and the U.S. government, were, they were doing tests to create earthquakes. So if somebody in a certain part of the world gets out of hand, we can have an earthquake happen. Oh, guess what? Your whole country shut down. Your nuclear reactors are no longer useful, blah, blah, blah. Aren't you a little worried that some other country uh, could possibly use that weather-related disaster on us? What are you talking about, Coach? These scientists, uh, Sanjay Ramadan, uh, Zheng Li, okay, uh, Muhammad, uh, blow you up, uh, all those guys are diehard <laughs> Americans, Coach. You don't have to worry about them trading secrets to any other countries in the world. What, what was Muhammad's last name? Uh, blow you up, uh. <laughs> I think I'm familiar with him. <laughs> yeah. You know what? I, I, what you know, that, isn't that strange? So that is one of the greatest strengths of the United States, though, is we can take people from all over the world, and they come here and they become incredible Americans. I'm not worried about that, Coach. I think we – I'm not really worried about uh, – Famous last words from the big dog, and uh, cart that up, David, when four years from now we have like a giant snowstorm hit in July, and it absolutely terrorizes the city of Chicago. Well, the last time there was snow in July in the Midwest was in in the 1860s, and like it was like the late 1850s was right before the Civil War, and like Many people died in the United States because of it. Famine happened. Yeah, but, but 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 your, your attitude is going back to what a lot of what Ron Paul is is fighting against. You're, from what I hear you say, it is oh you know we've got you know the people are going to come to us. Uh, you know we could possibly inflict that damage on others, but it's not going to happen to us. That's the kind of one sided thinking that can get us into trouble, Big Dog. If weather can be controlled for disaster purposes by us and other countries, certainly somebody could use it elsewhere. On us. Don't get your safety net up too much. I completely agree with you, Coach. I wasn't let my guy. I, I do appreciate that. Okay. But like I said, I don't like. I'm not afraid of like natural disasters and stuff like that. I, I, I'm not afraid of chaos or. You're not afraid of natural disasters. If, if I'm in the middle of it, that's how I go. You know, I, I really, really, really made uh, a friend of mine almost like like whip it at me. She was driving home from my house, and there was a tornado. And she was driving down an I-55 in a tornado, and she drove off the side of the road, went into the ditch, and like, and like, you know, protected herself. And I was like, "Oh, I can't believe you got to experience a tornado!" And she felt like the excitement, like I wanted, like I wish I was there because I could have seen the power of a tornado. She freaked out, Coach. Like, was like swearing at me. You're, you're, you're so insensitive. I thought I was dying, and you're wishing you were there, and like it was messed up, Coach. So yes, I do have some strange fascination where when i see those people that are storm chasers i wish i was in one of those crazy trucks that you know like you know what i'm talking about those storm chaser trucks i do it you know it it sounds desirable it seems pretty cool when you're watching it on tv my guess is that uh you know as cool as it sounds from the outside once you're actually in the eye of the hurricane or the eye of the tornado probably not as good as it looks from the outside if you know what i mean yeah you know i really don't the craziest like uh Conditions I've ever been in, I don't. I don't think I've ever felt life threatened ever in my entire life. So, I guess maybe that's a good thing. Once it happened, Coach, you're exactly right. I should be careful what I wish for because all of a sudden I'd be the biggest baby you've ever seen. I wouldn't be so tough anymore. <laughs> I think the freakiest thing, and you know, I don't, I don't know which you can rate. You know how you'd like to go on which natural disaster, but uh, an earthquake. 
And I can only imagine, because haven't experienced any significant effect, but a major earthquake, big dog, when the very ground below you starts to shake and rumble a little bit, that's got to be completely uh, unsettling would be the understatement of the year. Yeah, it, yeah. Well, what's even more unsettling is people in California, they're like, oh, yeah, and that was only a 5.8. <laughs> what are you talking about, only a 5.8? You know, it's, uh, yeah, they treat it totally, totally different. Then you have people like my cousin who, like, uh, like hopes for earthquakes all over the world because he builds, you know, he's an architect that builds earth, earthquake-proof buildings. Mm-hmm. As soon as he hears him, he just gets in the gets in a jet, flies to the place. Hey, I can rebuild your city for you. So it, it's funny how things look at. It. Like some people actually root for earthquakes. So for him, the earthquake is uh, it's good economy. Yeah, that's that's interesting. interesting. We can, interesting. but you know what? You just rebuild cities and make them stronger. You know, seriously, you make all these people like the next time there's a massive earthquake in Chile. Yep. Well, the buildings built by my by my cousin. Everybody's going to survive in those buildings. So, you know, you, I, I'm kind of joking around. And my cousin doesn't wish for earthquakes. Okay? Mm-hmm. He's not like that. My cousin's pretty incredible. So, yeah. But it's, it's, it's funny. Like, earthquake happens, and there's people all over the, there's people all over the world smiling. Okay, now it's time for me to go in and, and get to work and do something. Got to stay one step ahead of the game. When you're talking uh, battling Mother Nature, it's very tough to stay one step ahead of the game. But, uh, Big Dog, one other uh, little piece of information that came across our desk right before the show. Send some congratulations, if you will, my friend. Producer extraordinaire David Olson, the proud father of two. As of this summer, he will be the proud father of three. Congratulations, David Olson. Thank you, gentlemen. It's up on the Facebook page today. We actually have an embryonic, uh, early embryonic stage in vitro fertilization process photosynthesized photo up on the Facebook page. Or or a 12-week ultrasound, if you prefer. Yeah, well, so, that, that right. too. <laughs> and no, we don't know if it's a boy or a girl. We won't know until summertime, Big Dog. Yeah, that's, uh, that's kind of – is it easier now that you've had a couple kids, like going through this stuff? Like now that you know that you're a dad and you can do it, is it more like, okay – Got another kid on the way, or is it still like the butterflies in your stomach? Oh, I got to do all no, this stuff. No, zero butterflies, except except of course for the money aspect these days. You know, because uh-huh. you look at you know paying for college and all that good stuff. But no, you know, as far as doing it the third time around, no, it's it's going to be a piece of cake. Mm-hmm. You know, particularly since you know, our oldest is going to be in school full time come the fall. So it's going to be one less kid around the house. There is the theory, though, Big Dog. I don't know if you've heard this theory that the third one, the third one can change things a little bit because the parents are then outnumbered. That two-on-two, you know, defensively you can handle it. One-on-one you can match up all of a sudden. And, again, I haven't experienced this because I stopped at two. I put the uh, uh, zone defense press breaker in. But you have that third kid. There is the theory that all of a sudden – the defenses can break down. You are now outnumbered by the little runs. But you see, like again, you're not actually listening to what David was saying. One of them is going away to school. They're still two on two. From nine to three. He's going to be in full-day kindergarten. Famous we're, last word. We're putting him in full-day kindergarten. Mm-hmm. And the uh, other one's going to be in preschool two days a week. So... Oh, I thought you meant like going away to school to like Syracuse. No, 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 no. No, he'll be in school from uh, eight to three every day. Yeah. Oh yeah, you're screwed. Yep. <laughs> Comforting words from the big dub. I've already figured out my uh, baby present to David and the wife will be a little bit unique. It'll be a combination college financial aid book 
and also book of the top 50 junior colleges. Just looking ahead. There you have it. Thank you very much. Yeah, my brother has already paid for all that. Like his next kid's uh, edu- education, he doesn't even plan on having a third kid, but he's already paid for it just in case. Yeah, so really? Yeah, it's unbelievable. That's all, yeah, he's already paid for both of his kids. That's everything. He's got everything paid for for his whole entire kids. That's all he's ever like. He planned on having his kids before he was having them. Saved up all kinds of money, and as soon as they were born, like put like ten grand into the college fund. He's like, well, that'll be enough. Hopefully, this will turn into like two hundred thousand dollars by the time this kid goes to school. It's it's uh, if you do put away money for school, they have so many like great tax free ways to put away money for your kids down the line. Yeah. And, you know, and, but the, the sad thing is, Coach, the cost of education is growing faster than money. That's and the problem. then again, right now, money is like the value of it is yeah. going down so fast that, wow. Well, uh, the guy who ran for state senator, or was it governor, Alexei Giannoulis. Yeah, yeah. They're, he, they're, they're, yeah they're... Well, he was in charge of a thing called the Bright Start Fund. And that's money you can put in tax-free into your kids' college education. Big deal. The only problem was some of the investments they've made with the Bright Start Fund, mm-hmm. not too good in the uh, fund. It's working its way back, but uh, it was good in theory, but not so good in practice because the funds went considerably down. That's part of what cost him his uh, chance of becoming, I forget what the hell he ran for. He was against you know, he Mark ran, Kirk, he, ran, right? he, he ran for Senate against Mark yeah, Kirk. Yeah, yeah he, had, he had a couple... Uh, you know, rogue portfolio directors that just, you know, right. uh, really gambled with the fund and did not pay off. And a lot of people lost a lot of money. But fortunately, we were not, my kids are not in that program and never were in that program. That was called the Bright Start Fund. Big dog, uh, three for you David know, my Olson. Brother does that. My brother has his own fund, does all that for a living. Okay. He started his own investment company. So if anybody needs to do that, my brother's an extremely honest person. And can do all that for you. So if you, anybody needs any of that stuff, seriously contact me. My brother's phenomenal with that type of stuff, coach. And just to let you know, yeah, my brother's, um, education funds have nothing tied to prepaid phone cards that you sell to somebody. And then when you, when they try to use them, they don't work. So you don't have to worry about like junk bonds or anything. You will get your money back through my brother's stuff. Just to let you know. Beautiful. Email us at mike2guysaol.com. We'll pass you along the uh, information. Financial advice here on the two guys in a mic show. Big dog, another uh, sports and more day. We kind of took a lot of sidetracks, as we typically did here on a midweek Wednesday. Now you're hunkered down in the Montgomery Ward building. Uh, if some of the females want to come down to Chicago today, where might they track you down and maybe get an autograph? Who knows? Maybe more. Uh, the reason why I'm downtown <laughs> today is because I'm actually filming uh, America's Most Wild Deadbeats. i got a confrontation I'm going to meet up with this deadbeat of a SOB uh, right outside the Harold Washington Library, Coach. Now, is this okay. taped or is this for real? No, well, what's the difference? It's, we're gonna, it's for well, real. In other words, the, the deadbeats that are shown on the TV show, this is not set up. It's it's actual. Yeah, Coach, I cannot act that well. Do you really think I could act? Yes. Well? That, there's no possible way I can act, and that's got to be real, okay? Well, I think you're putting yourself down. Say, if I was that good of an actor... I really should have. Uh, I should have made it by now. Just let you know. Well, I think you're putting yourself down. I think you, and, and actually, I think you could act that well. But in this case, it is reality. Are any of the deadbeats female? Just out of curiosity, or are they all yeah. male? Oh my goodness, Coach! Wait till you see the episode where I bust out this girl who 
decided to leave this loser of a guy. I feel sorry. I shouldn't say that over there because he's a nice guy and he's trying to take care of the kid. But all I can say is he doesn't have his act together, and I can see why she left him. But she doesn't want anything to do with the guy anymore. So she leaves the guy and the kid, and she's trying to make it in Hollywood, she thought. Well, guess what she's doing now, Coach? She's dancing for dollar bills. And guess what? We So she's a stripper. She doesn't take care of her kid. This girl's making, you know, 500 bucks a night. The guy the guy's working 825 an hour taking care of the kid, and this girl's making 500 bucks a night as a stripper, and she won't take care of her kid. It has, wants nothing to do with the baby. Because she thinks she's going to make it in Hollywood. And that's a great story. So she, that isn't a great story to the poor kid, but... That one is extremely interesting. Yes, we do have deadbeat moms. And you actually had a confrontation with her, which well, we... Well, I wouldn't uh... call that one a confrontation, Coach. Okay. What would you call it? <laughs> You're going to have to see that one. I'm actually not allowed to talk about it. Okay. But that one is extremely interesting. So when this thing gets out there, that is definitely one of the top four or five confrontations mm-hmm. slash uh, situations that we have. That one's awfully okay. good. Beautiful. Well, good luck. Be safe out there, Big Dog. We will talk to you tomorrow and start... Uh, Getting ready for a big football Friday. We'll uh, get to some basketball news as well, which we didn't get to today, okay? Uh, D-Rose will be healthy eventually. By the way, go Bulls. What a game yesterday. Go Cats. Let's beat the Badgers tonight, too. Two upsets in a row. All right. Have a great day, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. Two guys at a mic. Congrats again to David Olson for the new addition to come of the family. We will see you tomorrow at 10 o'clock. Don't be late. Have an outstanding day, everybody.